0: It's time for Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3. Brought to you by Vermal Shoe Store, Randall, Newman Construction, Thielen Meats, and Little Falls, SCR Northern, the guys who answer the phone, Northern Sales and Manufacturing, your ice castle dealer in Pine River, Dotsler Power Equipment of Aiken, Tracker Boating Center of Brainerd, Ores and Mine and Crosby, Pine River State Bank, Bimerd Outdoors Archery Pro Shop, Jack Pine Brewery, the official beer of Brainerd Outdoors. Freedom Firearms The Power Lodge Chef Robert's Fish Breading Mix s Bait and Tackle Crow Wing Recycling Black Bear Lodge and Saloon And by Radco Your Truck Accessory Pros Now, here's your host for Brain Outdoors Ryan Moon.
1: And welcome into this week's show. We've got a lot to cover. Lake reports from all across the state. We'll talk to Mr. Ice Fishing, Dave Gens. He's got some early ice tactics for us. And Nate Blazing with SW Guide Service will drop by. He was up on Red Lake. He'll talk about that. Plus, the return of the Walleye Alliance here in the Brainerd Lakes area. Plus, another great recipe from Chef Joel from Black Bear Lodge and Saloon. All that and more on this week's edition of Brainerd Outdoors. And we'll kick the show off with our local report. As always, uh, we bring in Jason Freed with Leisure Outdoor Adventure and jason always keeping a close eye not only on leech lake and the some of the lakes up around that area but the immediate brainerd lakes area and I, I guess we'll start off jason maybe we'll start on leech and then kind of work our way south uh ice conditions up there when you talked last week you said things were okay in some spots a little sketchy in others i would imagine with these warmer temps this past week not much has changed there
2: no it's still very up and down um you know like i said if we Kind of work your way on the different parts of the lake. I mean, you can go down on the far south end, like I talked about last week, and they've got anywhere from 12 to 15 inches of ice uh, out off of Diamond Point and Huddles Reef and and that whole area. And, you know, they're, but they're also just advising uh, ATV traffic there because there's a lot of cracks and pressure ridges starting to form, which is, you know, what's happened. You get these cracks open up and they close when it gets a little bit warm, then it freezes and the ice is shift in and moving around a lot more so um, you know down there even though there's getting to be close to enough ice where a guy could drive a truck and bring a, a bigger fish house out they're still advising mainly just atv traffic down on that far south and southeast end and then as you work your way west just like i said last week it's the uh the ice conditions really start to vary you know some of the better ice is still going to be out off of pine Point. Um, in that area, right out from, uh, there's a couple of resorts there. Um, and then, and that's still going to be in that anywhere from, you know, seven to, you know, nine, maybe even 10 inch range. Um, but then if you get into Walker Bay, there's literally open water and there's eight inches of ice. And, um, you know, it really just kind of depends where you're at and in some of the other bays as well. But on the North end of Walker Bay, it's, you know, a lot of it's five, six, uh, inches of ice. Um, there's some open water spots down the south end of the bay and there's you know some spots that are a little bit more protected they got six, six to eight inches of ice so um, you know it's definitely using using caution and, and just being smart and, and sticking to you know probably places where you you see you know people or you see you have seen traffic and then obviously still still utilizing a spud bar I mean I think some people get to the point where they just they use a spud bar the first couple times they go out and they think they're good and and you never know. I mean, it's the old saying, you know, no ice is safe ice, and and you know, getting your spud bar out and checking ice and checking spots and drilling holes and and kind of working your way out and just being patient. I mean, a lot of times you want to get out and you want to fish those those main lake structures that are out off the shorelines and away from the points and that kind of thing because you really you want to be the first you, know, you want to be the first person to drill the holes and catch the fish on that spot. But in reality, you just need to be patient because you know you might be standing on seven eight inches of ice and travel. Uh, you know, 100 yards and now it's on your stand on an inch or two you know because it just isn't uniform and you know that's that seems to be the story throughout uh throughout this whole area of the state right now.
1: Might not be a bad idea then Jason to try one of those smaller lakes around Leech.
2: Yeah for sure you know I've always been a believer in that I was out on a small lake um up by Hackensack this last weekend and and uh you know, we found anywhere from 8 to 12 inches of ice and we didn't venture real far we just walked out checked ice and and uh it found real solid safe ice, but that ice, that ice doesn't move as much on those smaller lakes, and you don't get the pressure ridges and you don't get the cracks and you know the biggest thing you still gotta be you know pay attention to on small lakes are current you know current areas and that goes for any lake, but anywhere where you get a narrows or a pinches down or or you know there's current typically uh you just gotta be aware of those spots uh you know whether they're on small lakes or or bigger lakes, and then also knowing that some lakes you know like a lake like uh Ten Mile That's by Hackensack. Uh, one of my favorite lakes to fish up in that area is, uh, you know, I fish out there all summer, but in the in the winter time, because it's such a it's a spring-fed lake, you have to also be aware of those kinds of things as well. And the, and spring-fed lakes, they're the ones that have really uh, ever-changing ice conditions, and you really got to be careful. And a lot of people just stay off of that lake like that because they know that. At any, I mean, one day, I mean, I've heard stories of guys being out there where one day they're fishing on that spot, and the next day there's, it's almost open water there, you know, because the ice changed and moved and, and that kind of thing. And so it's just, uh, you know, you got to be aware of those things, and you got to, you know, do a little research and check some things and ask some people, and um, especially if you've never been to the area, um, it's definitely I would start uh, start small and and ask some questions and, and, and such before you start getting out and, and checking some of those things out.
1: Kind of the same story here in the immediate Brainerd Lakes area?
2: Yeah, pretty much. You know, I, I've been, I haven't been—I have been out uh, on Gaul yet, uh, but I have talked to some fishermen who have been out there. And, you know, it sounds like, you know, off of places like Ernie's and government, um, you know, there's a lot of still, you know, good, solid ice. Guys, you know, anywhere from up to, you know, eight, nine inches of ice in some spots. Um, whereas out on the main part of the lake, its you know, I've heard guys say four inches and I've heard guys say six inches. Uh, out on the major, you know, the main part of those lakes and off of some of the bars and such. So, once again, it's going to vary. It's a big, it's a big enough lake. It's got current in there. Um, you know, it's it's going to vary a lot. And so, I mean, I I saw trucks, I saw small trucks in home today uh, as I was driving home uh, the other day from Hackensack, and and they were small ones. But I still thought, ah, I think it's still a little early for that. <laughs> I, I mean, I think you're seeing some of the that stuff on 371 Bay as well. But typically, those are some of the earlier spots to freeze and and go from there, and unfortunately, I guess somebody's always the first one to, to make that first trek out there, but uh, um, with this warmer weather, you know, I'd still be be very conscious uh, of things, and I would still be utilizing, you know, foot traffic or ATV.
1: And as far as fishing goes, I mean, are you hearing some good reports from places, Jason, or is it kind of go wherever you can, where, you know, you, the fishing goes where the ice goes pretty much? You know,
2: actually, I've heard some pretty good reports uh, coming off of Gull and Round and North Long. Um I mean, there's some really positive reports. I mean, you know, a positive report can be sometimes going out for, you know, two and a half hours for the late, uh, you know, the late bite during the day and catching a half a dozen walleyes. I mean, that can be real positive for a lot of people. I've heard some guys catch even more than that. Uh, It seems like a little bit shallower has been best, uh, anywhere from like 15 out to, you know, 20 feet of water. Not real deep, uh, but kind of up on those weed lines and those weed edges. Uh, has been best, and, uh, you know, I, some of my favorite fishing is right away out on Gull Lake at this time of year uh, and get out on some of those first break lines, and, uh, and those fish are just cruising and, and looking for some in- inside turns or cups or ledges on these break lines because, you know, Gaul's known for having really steep breaks, and if you can find the little nuances on those break lines and set up on those, and then typically those little spots literally are like the size of about, you know, three or four or five portable fish houses, you know, they're, they're not very big, uh, but those fish will move up and down those break lines, and a lot of times that's where they sit and and ambush and feed at night. And it can be some really good action. I mean, Gall Lake can be it can be frustrating one, but it can be a really good winter lake as well. Uh, and then round, I've heard really good reports of uh, keeper fish. You know, same thing with Gall as well. A lot, it's a lot of more keeper fish. You know, 14 to 17 inchers, But uh, I've heard really good reports coming off around of at times. Um, and it's all a lot of it's been that early morning. Uh, evening type of stuff, and then also some good reports of uh panfish on North Long and a few walleyes as well.
1: There you go. Some great stuff from Jason Freed, Leisure Outdoor Adventures. You can check him out at leisureoutdooradventures.com and all over social media as well. Jason, I appreciate the info as always, and we'll check in with you next week, okay?
3: Sounds good. Looking forward to it. Thanks, Brian.
1: Out to Mille Lacs we go. For the report out there, as always, Steve Saponiak with Predator a Guide Service joins us. Steve, always keeping a very close eye on what's happening out there. What do you got for us this week, Steve?
3: The walleyes are going pretty good. They're not going gangbusters, but they're going pretty darn good. There's no complaints on my end about it. It's been a decent bite. A lot of people have been having fun. Multiple, multiple fish. A lot of nice-sized fish. Brian, a lot of big walleyes are being taken, you know, and released. You know, it's one of those things where if you want the trophy of a lifetime, Mille Lacs Lake has definitely got to come on up and fish. Like I said, it hasn't been gangbusters. We've had the decent weather and everything. But as far as you take a look at the fishing report, the guide and everything, you know, we're not sitting at excellent. We're sitting at fair to good. So that's one thing right there. But uh, the walleye fishing has been decent. I cannot complain one bit about that. Anywhere you go on Mille Lacs Lake, you're going to find walleyes, Brian. But you got to fish smart and be careful. It's not not like you and I were talking off the air. It's not uh, uniform ice all around. There are some spots that aren't safe yet. I sure as heck wouldn't be out there with a vehicle, uh, ATV at the most. A lot of the resort owners are doing a great job making sure that people, you know, follow the instructions and the rules they got going you take a look at the Isle Bay there. You know Chapman's Resort. Tim and Tina do a great job checking the ice, letting you know what they what you can take out and what they don't want you driving out there, just for safety's sake. So that way, it's a win win situation.
1: You mentioned, and I don't want to correct you, Steve. But you said anywhere you go on Malax, but I mean that main basin and stuff. Do you want to avoid
4: that?
3: Definitely. Definitely. I would not be out on that main basin. I wouldn't be out there even walking, Brian. It's not uniform ice. It's We've had some goofy weather. We've had a cold, cold November, and then all of a sudden, December starts off, you know, in the deep freeze, and then it warms up, and we haven't made no extra ice. We haven't lost no ice yet. So uh, we're still riding what's happened from November, and, like, you know for a fact we've been getting a lot of reports it's not uniform i would concentrate no more than a half mile from shore brian on the main basin and definitely stick around the bays you're in better shape there anyway a lot, lot better ice
1: well i and i talked and, and saw on facebook as well with with some anglers that went out there this past weekend and they basically just hunkered down in those bays that you mentioned steve boy, did they do well, and some nice walleyes coming out of there. So, I mean, it's kind of strange to think that they're that shallow right now, but that's the case.
3: It definitely is. You know, same with the northern pike, Brian. What a lot of people aren't realizing is, you know, we're not that far off of fall yet. Fall was just out, let's just, just to say a week ago, which it wasn't, obviously, but that's how close fall was. And a lot of the walleyes, northern pike, and all the other species of fish, are still hanging around those shallow bays, fattening up for the fall. Once the pressure starts to come from the vehicles on the bays, snowmobiles, ATVs, the cars and trucks, it's going to drive a lot of those walleyes and pike out a little bit more deeper. But right now, they're still in the shallow bays, and they're enjoying themselves getting fat for the winter, and it's a win-win situation for us anglers. You can catch the trophy of a lifetime in less than 12 feet of water at times.
1: Can you mix in some perch there uh, as well, Steve, or is that still not quite where it used to be?
3: You know they're biting, Brian, but I gotta be honest with you. We're not we're not getting out of the 10, 10 to 11 inch range if we're lucky, like we thought we would a couple of years ago. They're there, but they're not just the big ones that we're used to seeing. I don't know what it is. I I know they do get targeted in the spring, but uh, perch are definitely there, but not the big ones. I'm hoping for maybe later on this uh, later on this winter. Late ice, we might get something going along with the panfish. The panfish are biting a little bit, but nothing spectacular right now.
1: Well, that's why I wanted to, my next question. You and I know where the crappies, you know, at least we like to think we know where the crappies are uh, <laughs> on Mille Lacs, and And the, obviously the, the lakes around Mille Lacs have got sunfish too. Where is that at right now?
3: You know, it's behind. I just got off of a lake about a half hour ago. One of my favorite little uh, panfish lakes next to Mille Lacs Lake checked out the big lake itself, and hit the small panfish lake. And, you know, we're not catching nothing over three to a pound. There's a couple in there. They just haven't started going yet. I think we're a good two weeks behind schedule. For what reason, Brian, I don't know. Usually I have a handle on it, but this, this time I'm a little stumped.
1: Well, it's been a weird year. I mean, we had no fall, uh, basically, no. and like you said before, I mean, we're we're almost still in that fall pattern a little bit, in the fish's mind at least, uh, so it's going to be very interesting heading into uh, the early stages of winter.
3: Definitely. You know, you take a look at the last 15, 20 years, how often have we been able to get out on the ice? right after thanksgiving i mean years ago is when i was a kid and everything we were doing it all the time but with global warming and things changing, it's been a good 15 years or so that we've been able to get on the ice right after thanksgiving and it's only been a couple of times so yeah this is definitely still the fall we never had
1: yeah very interesting stuff steve Pontiac predator guide service you can check him out at predatorguideservice.com steve i appreciate the time as always uh we'll check in with you next week okay
3: My pleasure, Brian. Thank you.
1: All right, when we come back, we're going to head up to Red Lake, talk to Nate Blazing with SNW Guide Service. He was up there fishing uh, this past week, and we'll talk about the return of the walleye alliance here in the Brainerd Lakes area when we come back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3. Welcome back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3. And obviously anglers want to get out on the ice and get a little ice fishing in. Uh We're kind of, you know in limbo a little bit here. I mean, we, we were making ice there for a while, and now all of a sudden, you know, warmer weather and stuff, so I don't know if we're making as much as we'd like to, but, you know, things are happening. We bring in uh, Nate Blazing. Nate is with the uh, Walleye Alliance, and we got a huge uh, event coming up here in uh, the coming days that we want to talk about. Uh, but first off, Nate, welcome to Brainerd
5: Outdoors. Uh, thanks very much, Brian. Glad to be here, and thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, and, I mean, You were actually not necessarily here in the Brainerd Lakes area. You went north for a little bit, do a little fishing up there on Red Lake. How'd that go? Uh,
5: It was actually a lot of fun, and kind of some of the stuff you just talked about, the reason we went up there is we wanted to actually spend the night on the lake in a sleeper house. We have a smaller one, so we decided the ice was a little thicker up at Red and uh, headed up that direction. We were still a little limited with some of the uh, cracks in the ice, um, so we stayed fairly close to shore and then took our wheelers a little further out and explored and had uh, some pretty darn good fishing. It was a lot of fun. So
1: That's kind of a destination for people it seems like and not only for a fishing opener in the spring but even early ice it seems.
5: Yeah and the beautiful thing about Red is the water's a little more stained so you know you, you keep moving until you find fish and you're going to have a day bite just as well as your prime time hours and I think that's one of the uh, beauties of Red Lake and plus you can You know, I think the limit up there is four, uh, one of which can be over 17 inches, so you are enough have enough to get a nice little meal for yourself if you want to.
1: Did you see a lot of anglers up there?
5: There was a fair amount. I actually thought there'd be a little more. Uh, This was our second time up there, and there wasn't quite as many people as I thought, but I think some of that might have had to do with some of the sports shows that were going on and some of the ice conditions since you can't drive trucks out there. Uh, But there was still a fair amount of people, and kind of the key that we like to do is, again, you hear it all the time up on Red, that shallow water, get away from the groups of people, be quiet, and you're going to have success, and that's exactly what we did. We got about as far away from people as we could, and I think Friday we had about a 50-fish day between three of us, and Saturday all day we were right around that 100-fish mark, so it was pretty darn
1: would that be something nate you would say to other anglers if they're not fishing red but you know other lakes especially we get later on into the winter get away from people a little bit
5: <laughs> absolutely that's kind of one of my i don't know if you want to call it a pet peeve or something but uh, i i tend to like to be as far away from people as i can just for the solitude the quietness and the fish definitely know that if you're in a clear lake fishing shallow something like that the fish can hear the noise, the vibration. So, yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge proponent of getting away from people and just kind of doing your own thing. There's fish all throughout different lake systems, so you can do your own thing and don't have to set up right next to someone.
1: What would be a presentation-wise? I mean, obviously, if people are congregating in one area, there's probably a good chance they're all doing the same thing. If you're one of those people that get off on the beaten path a little bit, what do you like to do?
5: Well, again, I like to explore, um, you know, kind of look at a map, look at contours, and then putting the puzzle pieces together, I I find that part of the fun of actually fishing. Uh, You know, you start at different depths. You might start, you know, right around 20 foot and then kind of work your way out or work your way shallow, and depending on your prime time, low-light periods, that, that dictates where you might go, and then you're playing around with lure selection. I personally usually like to jig with one line and then have a tip-up or a set line uh, fairly close to it or you know, covering a little different water columns. And you let the fish tell you what, what they want and where they are. So if you're marking fish, stay there, try a different presentation. If you're not, keep moving until you find something.
1: When you were up on red, uh, Nate, were you most everybody going after walleyes? Because it used to be that, that was kind of a crappie lake too.
5: Yeah. Um, we fish it quite a bit, and since the crappie boom, during the middle of the winter, you'll get a, a crappie here or there. Uh, some really, really nice big pike have been more frequently caught. Uh, I just t- actually talked to a guy, though, that was up on, I think it was Monday, and uh, while he was walleye fishing, he happened to stumble into eight crappies. So, you know, you'll get one or two here or there, uh, usually not a group of them, until if you wait until March, you can still get in some pretty good crappie fishing up there. But for the most part, it's walleye, and you get some, some decent perch, too, if you want.
1: And locally here, what do you hear, Nate?
5: Uh, I'm hearing that the ice really, really varies. Again, I've been checking several lakes around here and finding anywhere from 4 to 11 inches of ice. Um, I'm hearing some walleyes being caught, nothing great yet. Uh, Panfish sounds like it's pretty decent. Some pike and bass actually are being caught. But the main thing I'd say right now around the Brainerd Lakes area is really stress, you know, being cautious, Taking your time, explore the ice. Just don't go because you see someone out there. Um, that's my main advice right now for the Brainerd
2: ice.
1: Yeah, I've talked to people that, you know, they say, oh, I saw somebody drive a car out on this lake, or I've, and, oh, we had 11 inches of ice here. And that to me, it's not uniform. Uh, it's like, okay, you can have 11 inches of ice here, but if you walk 300 yards in that direction, you could have three inches. Am I correct there?
5: Absolutely, and that's what we're really seeing. Again, take uh, Gulf, for example, Whitefish Chain, different, the main bodies, the main water bodies of those lakes actually froze up so much later, so you can go from 10 inches to you go 10 feet, you know, in the right direction, and that's the new form stuff, and that's where you're seeing 4 inches of ice. So um, the same with Malax. I'm hearing really good fishing reports over there, actually heading over there tomorrow, but at the same time, There's still uh, reports of open water and moving cracks if uh, you look at the satellite imagery. So you really got to do your due diligence so you don't put yourself in a bad position.
1: So definitely proceed with caution out on the ice. Cannot stress that enough. Um, The Walleye Alliance, uh, they've got an event coming up here on December the 20th, Nate, uh, I think is really something fun because they kind of disappeared for a little bit. Now they're making a comeback here.
5: Yeah, absolutely. And I'm really excited about this group and the event we got coming in. Um, uh, the board that we've got together is a great group of guys working really hard at putting this together. And, you know, I think it's, it's something we're feeling a lot of positivity from the community back. There's a need and a niche for it. So uh, we're hoping to fill that. And uh, yeah, like you said, we're going to do our first public event here coming up next Thursday, December 20th. Uh, it's going to be at the Sidetrack Bar and Grill. And we're going to have Tony Roach do a seminar on walleye ice fishing, which, again, anyone in the fishing industry knows the name Tony Roach. The guy is a phenomenal fisherman, a phenomenal speaker. So we're really excited for that event. Uh, again, it's at 7 o'clock, and we're going to have some, you know, kind of draw people into. We're doing some big giveaways. We're giving away some guide trips. um,
0: Linder Media
5: donated a signed fishing rod by Al and Jimmy Linder, as well as Jeremy Smith. And we got a bunch of other fishing swags. So there'll be a lot of stuff, and it's, you know, meant for all people, family friendly, your hardcore fishermen, whoever. So if you're looking for something to do next Thursday, come on out and check us out.
1: Absolutely. It's right there on 371 North, a sidetrack bar and grill. Uh, and like, like you said too, uh, Nate, it's free to the public. And I mean, really a way for people to uh, get in and, and rub elbows with somebody like Tony Roach. And I'm sure there's going to be other guys like yourself that are going to be there too, that are more than willing to answer questions.
5: Absolutely. And that's kind of, we're basing this group off of there's a Fargo Moorhead walleye group and um, they're really helping us organize this. And, and like they said, part of the special part of a group like this is a camaraderie where you just go and have a beer or pop with guys and you, you know, guys that thoroughly love fishing, you can talk for hours about, you know, reports, what they see, what they're doing. Uh, lots of people are willing to share some knowledge. So I think that's part of what we're really looking forward to is having those conversations in the community and getting people involved. Um, we've also been talking with the, uh, high school, uh, fishing team and, we're going to do some stuff with them, so I think Jason Barr is going to be there. He's going to give a little talk on the high school fishing team. So we got lots of stuff going there. And, and while we're talking that, I do got to say that you know I got to thank some of our sponsors at this point um, that are helping make this possible. So I want to recognize Highway Three Marine, um, Randall State Bank, uh, S and W Guide Service, and Roaches Guide Service are all helping donate for this first event to make it possible for people.
1: If people want more information on it, Nate, where can they get that?
5: Sure. We do have a Facebook page. And again, if you just want to do the search for Walleye Alliance, Inc., um, that'll pop up. Uh, All of us on the board, uh, Nate Blazing, Doug Erickson, Matt Castle, we're all going to be sharing events over Facebook. We're in the process of developing a web page; It's not completed yet, but that'll be up here in the near future. Um, Also, if you have any other questions or interested in being a sponsor, you can give me a call back on my cell phone, and my phone number is 651-592-3857.
1: That's Nate Blazing with the Walleye Alliance. Uh, Nate, I appreciate the time. Good luck with the event. I hope to see you out there, and uh, we'll talk to you soon.
5: Sounds great, Brian. Thanks, and we'll see you soon.
1: More of Brainerd Outdoors after this on B93.3. Welcome back to Branded Outdoors on B ninety three point three, and here we are. Of course, early ice season. A lot of anglers wondering what's the best way to go about fishing here as we head into mid December. I thought we'd bring in Mister Ice Fishing. Dave Gens joins us. Dave, if somebody came to you with a question like that, what would you say?
3: Well,
4: there's you know, there's you know, a couple options. You know, if you can find any green weeds, you know, that's the you know key for all species of fish this time of the year. Uh, generally, they grow on the inside turns, you know, or, you know, kind of a hook in the weed line or something where the deep water, and, you know, them them weeds tend to still be standing where a lot of the weeds on the flats have all been, you know, blown down by the wind. Uh, kind of a rule of thumb that I use, if the if the weed line on the lake is eight feet or less, then I look for deeper water. If it's, you know, eight feet or more or ten feet or more, you know, then I then I look for fish in the weeds. So. If you know some of the thing. You know, hopefully you find that out before you get to the lake. But there's, no, it's never just a, a gimme. That they're going to be in a certain spot. You got to do a little research. You got to keep looking till you find them. Kind of the big craze now is, uh, is tungsten. You know, I've been preaching small jigs that fish heavy for, you know, 30 years. I've been talking about that, and it, you know, a few people caught on, but a lot of people were still using lures that fluttered down. But now when this this tungsten got going, you it was 30 percent heavier in lead. And you know the fishermen have really went that way. I think what why they're catching more fish on it is because it took the kinks out of their line. It you know being a little heavier, you know kind of the drawback to, to, to tungsten is that you know most of the stuff is made in Europe, and they use a lot uh, smaller hooks. And so the hook sizes were so small on the on the smaller profile jigs that I couldn't hardly get a waxworm on it or a big piece of plastic or multi larva on it so what we did at clam is we made the the drop series and we call them the xl and we raised the hook size by by two so if it was a number 14 now it's a number 10 but it has the same body on it you know so we so we didn't you know make it you know, this big bulky body we got a nice slim looking body with a decent sized hook so we can put a minnow on it then a couple of wax worms and get uh I know it's going to be really popular.
1: Yeah, I'm just kind of looking on the website right here, and even as far as uh, spoons and stuff that you guys have developed, there, there's some new stuff that they're out too.
4: Yes, you know, we we developed the the bomb spoon last year, which is you know basically a you know a piece of lead with a flat top on it, got up and down quick in that deep water. You know, the the deep water fish fishermen were really liking that. Well, this year we made the time bomb. And it, uh, we put that the bomb spoon on a, on a piece of wire so that when you work this thing, when you're down there bouncing it on the bottom, up and down, that that, that piece of lead slides back and forth on the wire, and it has a glass bead on it and a, and a bronze bead, and they bang together. And, you know, so it's what rattles, make noise. You know, kind of we joke about tick, 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 boom, you catch a fish.
1: <laughs> uh, and one other thing, too, you and I were kind of talking about this off air. Uh, plastics clams really gotten into in, uh, into those too and one of them that we kind of talked a little bit about last year but it's really taken off of those Mackie plastics uh, what's making those so popular right now Dave
4: well the Mackie plastic is all hand poured and because it's hand poured they you know they can control the heat a lot more and the stuff is really pliable it, it almost feels real when you have it in your hands so it takes very little movement of your rod and 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 the the plastic is waving in the water. You know, we had quite a few different varieties last year. You know, the Mackie and the spiky and the draggy. You know, this year we made a couple of new ones. One called the minnow. So it, it, it looks like a little baby minnow. You know, got a nice tail to it, but it, it, it's so soft that when you when you move it, you know, it, it looks like it's swimming in the water during the daytime hours. It's amazing how many fish you can catch. You know, in the walleyes, pike on these on these smaller baits. You know, I find using small baits during the the daytime hours, and, you know, if I'm using the the larva, or I'll put a bunch on or maybe a a little piece of plastic, you know, we make one, uh, Mackie makes one called a minnow head also, so, you know, I'll put put these little pieces of plastic on a treble hook, I'll put one on each hook, and, you know, it seems like it's more effective than than fishing with a minnow. Uh, You know, the fish aren't really feeding that time of the day, but they're curious, you know, and they want to check something out, and the only way they can check it out is with their mouth. So, you know, we get to get you get to catch them anyway.
1: And you said these are hand poured, so there's a gentleman out in uh, New York that makes these, right?
4: Yeah, he's a he's a school teacher out there, and and he developed these these plastics. I think he's an industrial arts teacher, is what he is. So, I'm sure some of this stuff has probably came up with with this project at school. I know some of his uh, students over the years that actually have patents on stuff that they developed in their classes there
1: at his his industrial arts class. There you go. Mr. Ice Fishing Dave Gans, a good friend of Brainerd Outdoors. Thanks a ton for everything, Dave, and I'm sure we'll talk to you down the line here this winter, okay?
4: Okay, Brian, thanks. It's always fun.
1: More of Brainerd Outdoors after this on B93.3. Welcome back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3. This time around, our famished fisherman recipe, as always, Chef Joel, Black Bear Lodge and Saloon joins us.
2: Great crappie recipe this week, Joel. We've got crappies and a green peppercorn sauce. So we're going to take up some uh, nice, nice crappies. We're going to dice them up into just chunks, you know, skin them off and get nice little chunks out of them. Taste some diced shallots and some butter. Get that going in a pan. You know, throw everything in there, your shallots and your crappie. Grate a little lemon zest over top, squeeze some lemon juice in there, hit it with some white wine, and uh, add the green peppercorns. Let it cook for just a couple of, a couple of minutes. You don't want to overcook your fish or none of that, but
1: that's all there is to it. Question for you with the wine. When when you cook with is it something that if you, if you like to drink it, you like to cook with it? Is yeah. that kind of how you look at things? When you say a white
2: wine, would you go with a Pinot Grigio or maybe a Chardonnay? Uh, generally, I use a Chardonnay. Do you? Um, that's just kind of what we have in the kitchen, I guess, most of the time. But whatever you like to drink, whatever you have is kind of you know you don't want to go out and buy something that you're only going to use once.
1: You know, you and I, we I think a couple of weeks ago we had a beer batter recipe on, and you would use Jack Pine uh, beer, and you and I had, had asked you you know what kind of beer would not work for something like that, and you said basically if you like it, use it. Yeah. And that's what I've heard with cooking with wine, that's too. That's good advice. It's, yeah, so if you like it, use it. There you go. Well, if you want to give this recipe a try and a ton of other ones, simply uh, log on to BrainerdOutdoorsRadio.com. Click on the recipes tab. we got this one and a ton of others for you to check out. And Chef Joel, Black Bear Lodge and Saloon. As always, Joel, thanks. Thank you, Brian. And that will put a wrap on this week's show. Don't forget, you can catch Brainerd Outdoors just after 7, Saturday mornings, Sunday evenings at 7, and Monday mornings at 5 right here on B93.3. You can also stream the show if you're away from your radio or out of town. BrainerdOutdoorsRadio.com is where you can do that. Click on the Listen Live tab, and, of course, we are all over on demand Uh, all over Podcast One, iTunes, uh, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, wherever you download podcasts, you can find Brainerd Outdoors. Just search us, give us a great rate and review. We would appreciate that. We'll see you next weekend for another edition of Brainerd Outdoors. I'm Brian Moon.
0: Brainerd Outdoors has been brought to you by Vermeule Shoe Store, Randall, Newman Construction, Thielen Meats in Little Falls, SCR Northern, the guys who answer the phone, Northern Sales and Manufacturing, your ice castle dealer in Pine River, Dotsler Power Equipment of Aiken, Tracker Boating Center of Brainerd, Oars and Mine in Crosby, Pine River State Bank, Bimerd Outdoors Archery Pro Shop, Jack Pine Brewery, the official beer of Brainerd Outdoors, Freedom Firearms, The Power Lodge, chef robert's fish breading mix s&w bait and tackle Growing, recycling black bear lodge and saloon and by radco your truck accessory pros join brian moon just after seven saturday mornings sunday evening at seven and monday mornings at five for another edition of brain it outdoors right here on b93.3